but I'm feeling a little feisty. I'm, truth be known, I'm messed up already. I'm messed up. And the Lord did that. I blame him. He messed me up. I hope you're not loaded with turkey. I brought my glasses. I got some work to do here. (laughs) The font's big enough. I'm just putting it on just to make sure I'm reading it right. Elohi Israel it's only used once in the scripture it's it's almost a strange uh, compound El Elohi would be uh, maybe a little bit better it means the God, the God of Israel. It's, a, um, it's a, almost a redundancy, but you have to know how the Jews saw it. Um, they saw it as, learned it, knew it as the God of the house of God. <laughs> Who is the God of this house? The first time that a place was created, the patriarch called it the house of God. But after that, even if it wasn't in the first establishment, and wherever the location might be, they would then ask or seek to know El Elrodi Israel or the God of the house of God. Or they would ask, who is the God of the house of God? Amen. First Samuel chapter 13. I've got several verses to read and I hope you'll try to absorb as much as you can in the reading. There's two different passages of scripture that we have to know today. And we're, we're going to be led of the Spirit. Everyone said amen. I want to be led of the Spirit. I, I, I offer this no offense. I don't want to be led by you. <laughs> I love you. You're my brother. You're my sister. But we have to be led of the Spirit. I love the, the body of organization and the brotherhood. But I'm not being led by the organization. I want to be led by the Spirit. I'm thankful for good people in positions of of, uh, governance. But I'm not led by the government. I'm led by the Holy Ghost. We have to be led by the Spirit. You are the children of the Lord if you're led by the Spirit of the Lord. But if you're not led by the Spirit of the Lord, you're not the children of the Lord. And being led by the Spirit takes on a whole new dimension for us. In fact, it can be a little disconcerting. It'll mess you up. <laughs> okay, I got my glasses, though. These are, these are glasses you can buy on Amazon. 
five of them you can get for $12. You can buy them at Walmart for 15 a piece. It's a ripoff. Um, I mean, just in principle, you have to buy, you have to buy five, even if you only need one. First Samuel 13, verse six. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed. Then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people following him, well, they were trembling. He tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. He tarried seven days. He waited because that's what the prophet told him to do. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal in the set time that Samuel said, I'll be there. Now I'm going to be there. You wait seven days, I'm going to be there. But Samuel didn't show up when he said, I'll be there. I had a good friend, Steve Richardson, who, who was never on time. In fact, late was on time. Anybody remember Brother Steve Richardson? He was late for everything. I've never seen him early. I've never seen him on time. He was so late that when the Bible says that the dead in Christ will rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the air to meet the Lord in the sky and so shall ever be with the Lord. He'll be the last of the first. In fact, we'll all be waiting for him to get up. Amen. Samuel, he didn't show up. And kind of bothered him. Because, listen, because we're in, when you're in control, you don't like to be left waiting. You have to relinquish control if you're going to follow the word of the Lord. We have to relinquish control if we're going to be led of the Spirit. Oh, man. Who is the God of this house? All right. Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And seeing that, we'll know in, in the next few verses that he's trying to do something so he can make sure they're all together. And he says to them, this is out of order. He says, bring hither a burnt offering to me and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. Amen. Now, you have to go to Isaiah chapter 58 and... and you can remember just a few things there in 1 Samuel 13, but now we're in Isaiah chapter 58. I'll read this verse in the King James, and then I'll give a little uh, explanation in, in another version of, of the context. So this is verse 6 in the King James, Isaiah 58, 6. God asked the question, 
is not this the fast I have chosen? Because see, there are, there, are, there are two different fasts. Same abstaining from food, same hunger pains, but two different fasts. This is the fast I've chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, God said, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Say every yoke, every yoke, physical, emotional, mental, every yoke. Didn't I choose a a fast to break every yoke? Now I'll start over with verse one and I'm reading from a different version. God said, Shout it aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways, as if, as if, as if they were a nation that does what's right, has not forsake the commandments of God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted? This is what they're saying not seen it why have we humbled ourselves? you haven't noticed yet on the day of your fasting that's what god said you do as you please and exploit everyone your fasting ends in quarreling and strife striking each other with wicked fists you cannot fast as you do today expect your voice to be heard on high is this the kind of fast i've chosen only a day say it only a day For a man to humble himself, just pick one day, that's the only day. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed, for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? No. It's not this a fast, it's not this the kind of fast I chose. I chose a different kind of fast. To loose the chains. Unite, untie, set free, bring you together. And break every yoke. Amen. El Elrohi, O Israel, O New Life Fellowship, who is the God of the house of God? Amen. In Jesus' name. There is, a, there is a deep stirring in my heart. The Lord is preparing us for something. We are not going to get ahead of the Lord, but we are going to prepare for something. We are not going to... We are not going to hide ourselves in a pit. We're not going to hide ourselves in a cave. God is preparing the church for a great and glorious battle. And there is going to be a victory, but we're going to have the word of the Lord in order. You've yet to see the great battle that the Lord is about to bring us into and the great victory he's about to supply to the church today. But it's coming. And with your voice and with your hands, shout and clap a great praise to God. He deserves that. He's worthy of that. Come on with your voice, shout a great praise to God. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great and greatly to be praised. From the morning into the noonday and when the, when the sun goes down, he's greatly to be praised. Bless that wonderful name. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. No other name I know. There's no other name I know. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Yes. 
Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name, and when you're there, just thank the Lord for the great blessing of God that you've already had in your life. I thank you, Lord, for it. I thank you, Lord, for it. Several months ago, a brick wall located beside a busy thoroughfare suddenly and without warning tumbled onto the pavement of oncoming traffic. That wall was built decades ago and whoever built it left it. No maintenance was ever made. I suspect no one ever expected it, looked at it. We can assume, maybe, that the bricklayers might have made a mistake. Perhaps the mortar was not mixed correctly. Or maybe it was off-center from the concrete base. We just don't know. But whatever the case, through the years, the wall became unstable. And then, without warning, it broke apart. And the bricks scattered onto the highway. No one noticed the decay. And on that day, drivers had no expectation of the falling bricks. They just appeared. There were no warning signs. There were no hesitations or cautionary tales while driving through that pass. It did not end well. Things that are damaged or built incorrectly tend to degrade over time. New paint won't fix it. New decor won't fix it. You may not see it for years to come, but ultimately time and weather, and let me just get to it, problems, valleys, challenges, and much more will ultimately expose what was built incorrectly. A day, a day, one day will not fix it. A day is a moment. A day is in your hand. But unless the single day becomes a life, nothing will stop the falling stones. Think now. We are not merely worshipers on Sunday. This cannot be reserved or a center reserved for praise on Sunday. Help me. I need to know this. If this is the location where we do this, then he probably is not the God of the house of God. We can call it a sanctuary. We can put a cross on it and religious symbols attached to the building. But 7849 Wabash, this is not just what we do. And if this is all that we do on this day, then he's not the God of the house of God. The question has to be asked, who is the house of the house of God? Because if this is our house, with our preferences and our programs, then we decide where and when we're going to shout and praise. We're going to decide whoever is leading, if we're going to follow that, or if we like their personality or do not. Who said that you were allowed to remain silent in the church. 
Who told you that? If, if you thought that, it means that God is not the God of the house of God. <laughs> if you have breath, <laughs> praise the Lord. It's not a suggestion. Make a joyful noise, all ye people. Come before the Lord with thanksgiving. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It's he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his name. I don't have to negotiate that. I don't need a validation for that. I don't need a personal opinion of that. I don't need something. I don't need a conviction for it. It's in the word of God. I don't need to have some feeling toward it. It's God's word. I didn't decide to do it. He already commanded me to do it. if, If you decide what you want to do, if we decide that we are the rulers of the house, then this is not the house of God. This is a, this is not, this is, this is a, this is a man-made thing. But if he is the God of the house of God, then I bypass my personal preferences and I follow his word. It's not up to me whether I want to clap my hands. It's in the word. It's not up to me whether I want to dance or leap or shout or sing or lift my hands. His word commands me to do it. But if he ceases to be the God of the house of God, or if a day is set aside and not a lifestyle, then decay sets in. You won't see it at first, but it'll set in. Because flesh, even if it's wrapped around religious actions or spiritual talk, flesh erodes the structure. You won't know it. And then one day, someone just falls out. They're trying to figure out how that happened. Well, I'll tell you how it happened. He wasn't really the God of their life. He wasn't the Lord of their life. They were in charge. His word became a book of suggestions, not a word that came from God who is God. And if you read the scripture, then you have to know we must get back to the word and we must entertain at least the idea that God is in control. (laughs) And if you read Isaiah's prophetic word in context, you'll need to go back to the ill-fated foundation of Israel's first king. It's hard To remove a flawed foundation, which is filled with human will and posturing and personal expressions, absent of obedience. Until you get obedience right, you'll forever work on religious aesthetics. Oh man, I am messed up. I'm going to tell you, I've seen, this is is my whole life, I've seen people put on their church going clothes, they get to the church meeting clothes, they put on the church expression stuff, they get all the songs right, they clap their hands all the right way, they do all the stuff, but they have no more interest in the God that they are worshiping. I want to tell you, it's time for you to get real and be genuine, and you make him the God of your life, he's the God of the house of God, he's a a God that that commands our obedience. I don't get to choose whether or not I'm having a bad day he's good even in the valley even in the dark time I rise to say this is the day that the Lord hath made I will rejoice and be glad in it this is the day that the Lord hath made nine words and you don't get to mess with them 
this is the day that the Lord hath made. Whether you're low, whether you're high, whether you're down, whether you're sick, whether you're depressed, this is the day that the Lord hath made. If you had an accident when you're coming to church, if your tire was flat, if you have no money left, this is the day that the Lord hath made. The only thing I'm in control of is I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because he's the God of the house of God. And the man who punched holes in the wall at his home and cussed in his living room and then presented Jesus at church, eventually and inevitably, he became self-destructive and his wife could not hang enough pictures to hide his temper. He gave God a day but the rest belonged to him. The foundation was flawed and eventually stones fall. The Bible says praise is comely for the upright. But I'm not impressed if the praise is compartmentalized. <laughs> Come on now. I got my glasses on. You don't even know what's coming up. You see the side mirror on your car? Things appear not really as they are. <laughs> prophecy is an order. We've got to have prophecy. But if you don't have love, you are nothing. But that's not what we think. Ooh, they prophesied. Yes, but they're full of hate, anger, bully. Vengeance, control. You can prophesy today, but in the, in the end, you could also end up in hell. Read it in your Bible. Don't we, didn't we do wonderful things in your name? Jesus says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. But if they did things in his name, it means that Jesus was addressing the people of his name. That's us. We're the people of his name. I'll tell you why. Because when you go down in Jesus' name, you're going down in the only saving name. Because when we baptize, we're baptizing how? In Jesus' name. Why do we do that? Why don't we use the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? That's, that's Matthew 28, 19. Go baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The reason why is because we know the name of the Father. It's Christmas time. Let's get it out. Let, let's get it out. Isaiah 96. Get your Bibles out. Let's, let's talk about what's the name of the Father. The name of the Father is Jesus. Unto you a son is given, a child is born. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do in word or in deed, this is word, that's deed. Colossians 3.17 says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Nobody was ever baptized any other way but in Jesus' name because Because Acts 4.12 says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. We're the people of the name. You are the people of the name. And the Lord said, they're going to come. And they said, we did all this in your name. We prophesied in your name. We preached in your name. We baptized in your name. But the problem was, you only gave me a day. And you kept everything else. 
He's talking to us. See, if you have no submission and no obedience, and you have no love, and no if your love is conditional, if your patience runs out, now wait seven days. But man, you know, I got things to do. Then your gifts will blind you to the flesh that's consuming you. Let me just tell you about flesh. Flesh loves Facebook. Flesh loves media. Flesh loves social media. It loves it. (laughs) It's like candy. It's like cotton candy. Anything that comes across your dumb brain, you can type it out. Just boom, like dirty bombs. Don't care what you say. Don't care what you're talking about. Just dirty bombs. I'm going to tell you, you ought to be careful what you say about God, his church, the God and the God of the house of church and the people of God. You ought to be careful. You're sowing a seed. You cannot deal with the harvest of that. Just nudge your neighbor and say he's feisty. A little spicy Italian, spicy pastor. It's not a day. It's not a day. Sunday is not just for Sunday. If Sunday is just for Sunday, we're in trouble. I don't want Sunday just to be for Sunday. Sunday is the continuation of every day. I'm not here to give God glory on Sunday. I'm here to worship him every day. I'm here to rejoice that he kept me every day. And he's the God of the house of God. And I don't get to decide. It's him that decides. Amen. Isaiah writes, his book is written centuries later. He's dealing with the human element. The nation of Israel has taken a turn when they employed a king and rejected the prophet. King Saul, he's fighting against the enemy. That's a a righteous battle. The, The battle already, before they even kind of commences, they're already in trouble. The men of Israel realize they're in trouble. They are are distressed. So instead of following, they all hid. Some of them just left and moved away. They just went to some other place. And those that were remaining who followed Saul, they did trembling in fear. The battle was before them, but the word of God and the prophet had not yet arrived. Saul wanted to get on with it. But the enemy assembled 3,000 chariots and 6,000 charioteers and soldiers, the Bible says, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. And the sight of it put fear in the heart of Israel. They needed a word from God because every battle you face needs a word from God. If the church is going to have a collective victory, we've got to have the word before we have the battle. Don't think for a moment you can fight any battle without the word of God. You need a word from God. And the word of God doesn't always come from this pulpit. It could come in that prayer room. It could come in this altar. I don't want to be reduced to having a donkey speak to me. Because I'm so numb to the spirit of the Lord that I'm doing my own thing. But if need be, he'll rise up something that you never heard of. To talk to you. I'm ashamed that we can't hear the word of God and he's got to kind of knock us down. <laughs> we are, we're, we're far past that. We 
got to have a Holy Ghost experience and a spiritual experience. We got to have a word from the Lord that feeds our soul, that guides us. We have to have something that changes us. We got to be we got to be shaken out of the place where we're at. Otherwise, it's just a religious thing. The prophet says, now listen, you go, wait for me seven days and I'll come. But seven days came and went and Samuel didn't show up. And Saul didn't want to wait. So he took matters into his own hands and he made his own sacrifice. Because Saul never understood his position. And disobedience followed his his arrogancy and little human engineering. Saul was supposed to wait, but Samuel was both the high priest and the prophet. But Saul thought, well, I can just do it myself. It's called independence, self. I'm very sorry for people who think they can be their own spiritual leader. I'm concerned about you. Saul trusted in his own voice. He made up his own mind. He became his own high priest, his own prophet. It sounds like this era's shallow thinking. He did not wait. He was the king, but he was not his own spiritual voice. And there's a limitation that does not sit well with free thinkers. Oh, man. It's not what God required. It's what people decide. People decide what spirituality looks like, not God. People decide what's good. Not God. Saul, that's what he decided. But everything that people decide is always absent and always the antithesis of what God thinks. We look around and say, well, they must be great spiritual leaders. They they may be struggling. You got to be very careful. Put your affections on things above. And God, set your eyes on the Lord. Because the moment you think someone's so great, they could fall down. Falling stones happen all the time. And you don't even know where it's going to come from. I'm not trying to belittle my place here. I know, where, I know who I am and what I'm supposed to do. But you better get your eyes on Jesus. Because some of you may be living for the Lord vicariously through my, through my walk with God. I'll give you the word and I'll make the sacrifice and you wait on me. But ultimately it's the Lord that's going to save you. I'm not going to save you. Well. Can you deal with that balance? And while 1 Samuel chapter 13 and Isaiah chapter 58 are are far separated by centuries of time, they are connected by the decay. Isaiah lifted up his voice to speak to Israel. This This is what being called out was. They were called out. They were a chosen people. They are regenerated, redefined, but but they they decide that that worship is something different, and they've redefined fasting and they redefine worship. And God said, Are you fasting just for the day? The King James says, A day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth as an ashes under him? Is it simply to bow your head like a reed and, and lying on something? Is that what you call a fast? Just a show? Just to come, put on a costume, go back home, live angry and ugly and hateful and shameful? Is that what this is? So that you can say whatever you want to say about anybody at any time? Is it independence? Is that what it is? Is this a religious tool, some instrument, just so other people think that you're a Christian, but in reality, you spread rumors, you talk down to people, you destroy the reputation of the gospel. I'm standing up here to say there's a battle coming and there's a victory at hand, but we got to get it right today. 
God said, no, I, I chose the fast, not for you to make a spectacle of it, but I chose it to loose the, loose the yoke and to set everybody free. I chose it. I made the fast so that you could humble yourselves, so that your light will break forth as the morning. Let me quote it to you. Your night will become like the noonday, and I will destroy and break every yoke in your life. Let me just tell you, health comes to people when you live a life pleasing to the Lord, not a day. God chose it. God sets the definition. He's the one who defines what's good and right. He's the one who decides the path of our life, not, not us. The path of our life. Don't get bitter. If you're following the Lord, the path may be hard. It may be lonely. It may be grueling. But he set the path because he's God. Your job is just to praise him and thank him and he'll bring you. The season might be the duration of your entire earthly life, but there's going to come a day when that season is going to end. Okay, Saul, you're the king. Saul, you're the king. You're allowed to rule the nation. Gather an army if you want to. Just know that without me, you lose every time. Okay, so you get to set some laws and ordinances and some creeds. No one's above you except the prophet. And he's going to tell you what to do. (laughs) Samuel's under me. I'm over him. I'll tell him, he'll tell you. That's called order. Do not change what I've spoken. Even if it looks right, even if he's late, just wait on him. The battle isn't going anywhere. They have their thousands lined up for battle, for war. You just get in your proper place and execute. And if the prophet's a day late, just wait on him. Because you instill, here, you instill confidence in the people around you when you wait on the Lord. They won't leave. Your family won't leave you if you're leading your family by the will of God and not by your own will. That means you have to sacrifice your independence and rely upon the word of the Lord. Oh, man. These are, these are big, deep things. Man, if we ever get this right, we are exploding. Right now, you come and worship. These are the steps to ensure that God is the house of God. Is the God of the house of God. Obedience, adherence, living, lifestyle, not a day, the word, correct positioning. I hope everyone's getting this. Because the Lord decides not men, not you, and not me. And God can lift up anyone he wants to lift up. He can take down anyone he wants to take down. That does not mean he loves people more when he lifts them up and loves them less when he takes them down. His idea is not temporal. That's my idea. His, not de- his idea for you is not daily pleasure. Or so you can get ahead. Or so you can win the race his, in, in this life. His idea is for you to finish the course and so you can get a crown of life. His thought is for the church to explode in revival. It's not for the saved to be saved all over again. It's not for us just to have a time. This is our time. Our time of prayer and fasting is in January because that's the time we set aside. But it ought to be a lifestyle every day. You don't have to wait till January to go on a fast. How much more turkey can we eat? Tammy and I went on a 10-day fast before Thanksgiving because we felt like, hey, let's just, let's get together. Let's pray. Let's go on a fast. I don't tell you that so you can pat me on the back. If you know anything about fasting, it's not something you, you get a medal for. It's grueling. 
and you get hungry. And your brain starts thinking, why am I doing this? Nobody cares. I don't see anything happening. But I know if I want to win the battle, I got to have the word. And it can't just be for a day. I didn't come here for Sunday. I came here because he's good. It's every day. Listen, I hope you, I, I hope you think well of me. I hope you like me. I hope. Maybe. Maybe, I hope. But it doesn't really matter. What matters is that I'm following the Lord. And if I'm following the Lord, we can trust in the word. Oh, man. He sets it. He sets the precedent. We got to have a revival. We're going to have a revival. We're going to have an explosive revival. We're going to have backsliders and prodigals and discouraged people. We're going to find people that they've been, they've been seek, seeking for God, but they just didn't know where to convene. And they're going to start convening here. We're going to have our, we're going to have our position in order because God's going to decide. The problem appeared when Israel used the things of God, but they left him out of their daily lives. That means they fasted, but they didn't obey. They prayed, but they didn't obey. They refrained from food, but they did not refrain from immoral living. How can he be the God of the house of God? I'll tell you how he is. Obey him. Heed his word. Stop thinking you're in charge. Our schedules should never try to include him. If your schedule is made so that you can include him, you're making the wrong schedule. I don't include him in my schedule. He is my schedule. If you're trying to include him or find a little place for him or find a big spot for him, he's never going to work. He is everything. He's everything. He's all in all. I don't just come to church on Sunday. He is my Sunday. He is my Sabbath. I got to get this right. I got to get this in order. I got to get it ready. We got to be ready. This altar is going to have tears, anguish and tears, and things are going to be broken in this place. There's going to be all kinds of addictions broken in this place. I have to have a group of young men. You young men are going to be a powerful group of young men. You're going to be warriors. You're going to speak in tongues. You're going to prophesy. The Holy Ghost is going to fall on you. You're going to dance in the spirit. You're going to give tongues and tribulation. God's going to use you for his glory. You're going to know the word. It's time for us to get radical. It's the Lord's house. It's not a format or a function. I feel like preaching today. The church has got to go on fire. You stop coming to Sunday and start coming for worship. And I desperately wish it was just the young people's problem. It's not the young people's problem. It's mom and dad's problem. Because you left God at the house of of the house of God, but you didn't invite him into your home. I'll tell you how they're spiritual. They don't turn it on like a light switch. And if you're not worshiping God and loving God in your home, what they see is hypocrisy. But this is what we do at church. This is not what we do at home. 
Here do we do it, church. Let, let me just tell you about the law first mentioned. Uh, let me read it to you. Just stand right there. Let me read it to you. Here's the law first mentioned. Here is the opening scene. God is speaking to Cain. God is encouraging Cain to do the right thing. But Cain is on a path of self-destruction. And God says, if thou doest well, won't you be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin is lying at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. And thou shalt rule over him. And they ripple through time. They were not meant to live and die in Genesis 4. That self thing, that self-opinionated thing, sin, the absence of obedience, it's crouching at the door like a, like a crouching tiger. Eugene Patterson wrote it this way. If you do well, won't you be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin is lying, waiting for you, ready to pounce. It's out to get you. And you've got to master it. You've got to master it. Here's your Bible. No, what? 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 Know ye not? What? It's, 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 it's full of fire. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? And you're going to put a vape in your mouth? And you're going to put an alcohol in your lips? And you're going to type junk on your fingers? Your body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. I want to tell you who's the God of this temple. It's the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah, Israel. He's the God of the house of God. Here's what religious people do who have no relationship with the Lord. This is what they do. Here's religious people. I got to get on a chair. (laughs) Holy cow. I'd be taller if I lived in the John Travolta era. Here's what religious people do. Here's what they say. Well, that's what my church teaches. That's what my pastor says. I do this so I can sing in the choir. What are you talking about? That means you're just full of rules and religious ordinances and mandates and all that stuff. You better get back to God and say, what does the Lord want? Truly godly spiritual people never say, well, this is what my church tells me I have to do. Your church doesn't tell you you have to do anything. It's the Lord that demands you. Because young ladies, you don't own your body. You don't get to do with your body what you want to do. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You don't come in here and have a, you don't come in here in your pajamas and, 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 and lay up all on the altar and just eat little, little ice cream and hot chocolate anytime. You don't do that. Why? Because this is the house of God. You don't come in here with all muddy boots. You can do that in your own house. Don't come in up here and all nasty stuff and throwing paper on the floor. Why? You don't do that. Why? Because this is the house of God. You have respect. Well, your body is greater than this structure. I want to know, parents, I want to know, how are you raising your children? Because the youth department should have a breeze. It should be easy here to direct our young men and our young ladies and our children and our kids. But when they're cussing and they're watching their phones and playing games the whole service while I'm preaching, you know what that tells me? You don't care either. 
Because if you cared, you would say, now listen, when we're at the house, we're going to love God. And when we get to church, we're going to act like we did when we were in the home. And if a father looks and says, I don't know why, how did this happen? How did my girl, how did I lose her? You ask the question, you are the answer. There's a, there's a victory going to happen in this house, and we're going to double and triple because we're going to get the word right. It's going to take us a little time. we got to get the word right. We're going to master something here. There's something that's got to be mastered in this house. He is Elohi. He is the God of the house of God. The Lord asked me a couple questions, and it just, it really, it messed me up. He asked me. Now, I'm in my garage, and I'm putting some things away, and this is the thing that happened in my brain. The Lord asked me, can I send a revival during your Christmas program? If a dozen people wanted to repent, be baptized on December 25th, would any of the saints of the house come to be a part of that? I don't want to hurt anybody. He wasn't born on December 25th. I'm very sorry to tell you that. We can argue about that later, but I mean, we, we reserve the right to commemorate his coming, not his birthday. Not his birthday. <laughs> it's his incarnation day. It's God with us. <laughs> well, Lord, we're, we're celebrating your 6,000th birthday. 4,732nd birthday. What? This God asking me this. Is your schedule so defined that I can only move when you're not having a program? Ask the people, would they cancel a vacation if I broke out in a revival and the church needed them to stay? Do you fast when it's convenient? <laughs> well, now some folks, it's never convenient. And that's when I raise my hand. It's never convenient. It's never a good time to fast or a bad time to fast. It don't matter what day. I ain't reserving that date. Now, I'm going to do it that day because it's in between the turkey and ham. <laughs> You got turkey day, you got ham day. That's a good day to fast. I'm going to fast that day because nobody's around to cook anyway. You're going to your least favorite restaurant, you're fasting. You're not fasting. That's a day. That's a day. I'm going to challenge you this. Would it mess you up if you gave your best financial gift to God and not to your children? We were so excited a moment ago. 
but now I'm messing with your food and your money. And that's what I told my kids, the three things you don't mess with. You don't, you don't mess with your mama, you don't mess with my money, you don't mess with my food. And not necessarily in that order. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, look, God, we're going to do this thing, but only when it's convenient. And we'll give our offerings, but, but can you wait until we get done paying off our Christmas gifts? And we'll come to revival, but not on Mother's Day, and not on Father's Day, and not on Memorial Day, and not on Fourth of July, and not during our family vacation time. And you know, we've got an anniversary coming up. We can't come to that day. I'm going to tell you, it's his church. He makes the decisions. I'm almost done. So, some, some new folks came to our church across the road years ago, and the service was very heavy. I wasn't preaching that night. There was someone else preaching. And repentance broke out, and, and the saints came, and people laid on the floor. It was unnerving to the guests. And, and Tammy and I have been talking to them for a long time, and, and they, told, uh, they, they, they told everyone, this is really tough, and, 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 and it, it, really, it really unnerved them. And, and they just didn't come back. And, and I was sharing this, this story with a fellow pastor at the time that the people came to a service, it was just, man, everyone was praying and repenting, and, and the minister said, you know, you really should reserve those moments, those heavy moments, for church members only service. Then he commenced to make a good argument for making guests feel comfortable. I, I, I couldn't convince those people to come back. I saw the guy around town about a month ago, and the only thing I ever heard them say that was the church, this church was just too intense for them. But my question is, who chose the word that night? Who, who decided that, that, that we didn't need that because there was guests in the building? All, all the guests, let me just tell you, I'm so glad you're here, but I just want you to know we're following after the Spirit. and I hope you can feel the sincerity in it, but i got to follow the Spirit, and I, I can't just dumb everything down just to make everybody feel comfortable and kind and nice. It's His word, it's His church. And this is not about going through the motions. It's about being led of the Holy Spirit. And we don't get to manage the Holy Spirit. And I cannot predict in the course of one service who needs to be delivered of something in their life. And if you need to be delivered, you don't have to wait until I'm done. And if I feel like it's time for me to preach on, I'll put you back in your seat. But if I feel like the Lord wants to break out, you can just stand up and be delivered right now. And you can be healed right now. Just right now, just close your eyes and lift up your hands unto the Lord and stand to your feet and just say, the Lord is God. He is the house. He is the God of my life. He's the God of this temple. He's the God of this church house. He's the God of our, our whole, our all that we do. He's the God of everything. I traveled for 10 years as an evangelist and it was very difficult to get a preaching engagement after the second week of December. There's a lot of pastors who say the best time to have revival is in the spring. 
I want to counter that and say, any time is a good time to have revival. How about the dead of winter? I'm not going to try to work a revival around our schedule and around the weather. And if it's, if it's ice outside and we can't get out, then praise God, we'll wait until there's a little fall so we don't have an accident. But if we can, we're going to have revival. We're going to have a Holy Ghost. People are going to be delivered. And there may be no preaching. And there may be a lot of preaching. I'm, I'm challenging you today. The Spirit of the Lord is challenging you today. It's time. It's time. Throw away. Just say, Lord, my schedule is your schedule. My day and this day and the next day and my whole life is yours, Lord. I'm not just reserving one day, but every day is yours. I don't want to see a show of hands because I don't want to put that on you. I'm just going to ask the question. Would you go on a fast with me? In an, an unopportune time? Would, would you have a prayer meeting? In a time when it didn't really suit you? Would you cancel something that you wanted? Would you be willing to cancel anything? How much is revival meant? How, how much does it mean to you? Lost souls, brand new baptisms, and outpouring the Holy Ghost, and healings, and miracles, and signs, and wonders. How, how much? I, I, I want to tell you, it, it's eating me up. It's, it just eats me up. I know what we could do as a great army of God, people of God, if we got together and we said, okay, we, we know our position, and we're going we're gonna to plant our feet and we're going to follow the voice of God wherever you lead. Just whatever way you feel to pray, just, just release your will to God. Release your ambitions to the Lord. I want you to declare it for your own life. You're the God of my entire life. El Elrohi, you are the God of my entire life. My days, my nights, my mornings, my mountains, my valleys, the, the peakness, the darkness. You are the God of all my comfort and my bewilderment. You are the God of everything. You are the God of it all. Forgive me, Lord, for trying to fit you into my lifestyle instead of making you my entire life. Don't let the walls come down because because we took confidence in the aesthetic of it. If you have the Spirit of the Lord in you, let that Holy Spirit come out of your mouth. I don't have the right, Lord, to manage myself. You're in charge. 
I submit my will, my, my life, money, schedule, health, everything to you, my mind. Consume me, Lord. If I do what's right, I'll be accepted. I got to master something today. I got to master my self-independence and my will and my words and my spirit and my attitude. Prepare us for a mighty battle. Prepare us, Lord, to receive an excellent victory where you get all the glory, Lord, and all the praise and all the honor. You have no day that's off limits to you. You have no you have no day that's off limits to your spirit. You have no time, Lord, where we set aside for ourselves. It's all about you, Jesus. Yaya basataya.